Welcome back to the Flow Performance Podcast. My name is Ricky Dan, founder of Flow Nutrition and your host. On today's episode, we chat with the founder of Adventure Ready Coaching, Dr. Nick Raymond. Nick is a sports nutritionist, personal trainer, hybrid athlete, ultra runner, and a fellow Flow State junkie. He originally comes from a medicine background where he previously worked as a qualified medical doctor before transitioning into personal training and nutrition. I have so much respect for Nick. I respect the way he lives his life, his philosophy around training and nutrition, and just his pure desire to help people. I've learned so much from him since we met, not just how to eat and train, but how to be a great coach and practitioner, how to communicate effectively, and how to provide value to your community. In today's episode, Nick answers the question, what's the go with concurrent training? We discuss the optimal way to integrate both strength training with endurance training, how to structure concurrent training sessions, and the key to looking, moving, and feeling better as a hybrid athlete. If you find it valuable, don't hesitate to share it with a mate or post it up on your Instagram story and tag the Flow Performance Podcast Any support getting this content out into the world is greatly appreciated. Nick provides so much practical advice in this chat. So once again, grab yourself a pen and paper, sit back, relax, and enjoy the chat with Dr. Nick Raymond. Welcome back to the Flow Performance Podcast. My name is Ricky Dan, founder of Flow Nutrition. Once again, I'm down in Newcastle with the legend himself, Dr. Nick Raymond. Mate, how are we doing? Excellent. It's good to see you, Ricky. Mate, I'm super keen for this chat. So today's question is a training-related question, which is what's the go with concurrent training? Now, I feel like the whole hybrid athlete thing is becoming very popular now. Yeah. Five to 10 years ago, people were either just going to the gym, getting big and shredded, or yep. they were runners who yep. probably lacked quite a lot of strength. Yep. We're seeing a rise in run clubs. We're seeing a rise in sort of cross-training, hybrid athlete sort of stuff. Keen to get your thoughts here, mate. You're quite a good hybrid athlete. So where do we start if someone out there is wanting to sort of approach that sort of training? Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's just a wonderful concept and a great idea. And I'm so on board with the fact that people want to get more involved with this hybrid training thing. Because I think for most people, they don't want to be a professional bodybuilder. They don't want to be a professional powerlifter. They don't necessarily want to go and run ultra marathons. They just want to look, move and feel good. So generally having like some muscle that can do stuff and like look good when you take a shirt off or whatever And then having an engine that can also like take you places and you're not huffing and puffing while you're trying to just live your life or recreationally playing sports or whatever, then I think that kind of just opens a few more doors in life and helps people just be more involved in their lives and yeah, just be like active, healthy humans. So I can totally understand why people are getting excited about it. So if I had to give some starting advice for that one is... Don't try and do too much too soon, too fast, especially when it comes to the running side of it. That's the number one mistake people do when they're, with their running is just going too hard at it. And you're trying to really balance some, some contrasting programming concepts here, right? With the cardio side of it, if you want to build an absolutely like savage engine to go run around the mountains for days at a time, maybe not days, but you know what I'm saying, right? Have a good cardio system, able to run a half marathon or a marathon, that side of thing. 
Typically, you'll get rewarded for just being able to spend more time on your feet and that will enable you to do these big long runs. And that is not possible to accumulate enough total running volume and time on your feet if you're going so hard, you get snapped, you get broken, you hurt yourself, whether it be Achilles or shins or whatever it is. Running is hard. There's a lot of impact. It's not bad for you, but it is bad if you're doing it wrong and training like a Muppet. So I think being aware of not doing too much too soon, too fast, too frequently is something that a lot of new people to hybrid training need to be aware of. So in the weight room, you're also obviously only going to have limited time and energy and recovery. So don't hit ridiculously high volume, long workouts where you're absolutely obliterating your biceps from 13 different varieties of curl, right? Oh, let me just write that down. I need to change some of my Yeah, training. exactly. Oh, sure. well, <laughs> yeah. I'll just take it back to 12. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I think you'll, most people will be far better off if they have a more minimalist approach to the strength work in the, in the gym and prioritize a quality over quantity approach. So kind of the flip side with the running where you get rewarded for total training volume in the running, you'll get rewarded in the strength room, like in the, with the strength training for just doing less sets, but doing them properly. Train it through a full range of motion, control your eccentric, so the down part when you're lengthening a muscle and actually push yourself, train with intention and progression, right? You've got to train relatively close to failure if you're trying to build muscle. It doesn't have to be totally annihilating and failing and you know, needing a spotter every single set, right? But it does have to be challenging. Challenging but achievable is the way to go when it comes to training for that. So they're contrasting concepts and people forget that. So just don't go too hard with the running and don't do too much in the weight room, but actually like train with intention and progression. Slowly build it up. That's such an important message, especially with all these these new like Goggins books and like all these messages being thrown out there about like going super hard and, and yep. breaking yourself. Yeah. I, I I do agree with a lot of messaging around pushing yourself and finding your limits, but you need to respect that progress. Yeah. And you need to respect the process to build the strength necessary to do these things. Yeah. You know, this the strength training is what's going to allow you to run an ultra marathon. Because yeah. in, in my experience, like I didn't focus on my cardiorespiratory fitness at all when I ran my 100 miler. I just simply wanted to be strong enough so that my body didn't break down over yeah. 100 miles. Yeah. Because that's essentially all you're looking at, right? Is like how yeah. far can I run before my body breaks down? And yeah. strength training is the pinnacle of that. Yeah. It's the most time efficient way of doing it. Oh, and energy efficient way, really. Mm-hmm. I think you can totally like build muscle actually, even with just running if you're running hard enough on difficult enough terrain up mountains and things and you've got enough calories and protein coming in you're sleeping enough right totally possible and i've seen that happen to a lot of people including myself but that's not the best way to do it strength training is going to be so much more efficient to build the bone density the muscle mass help you just move better as an athlete and become more durable and resilient so it's great that people are not choosing one or the other anymore they're trying to combine both but you can't do the same amount of both as if you were just doing one i mean sure maybe if you are a professional hybrid athlete that has your own um like complete team that looks after you in terms of you've got complete autonomy on your day 
on how you how you spend your time. You've got perfect nutrition. Maybe you've got a dietitian that like makes all your meals or something as Jesus well. Like be nice, mate. Yeah, the dream. Okay, but for most people who have like real life responsibilities and commitments and jobs and families and all the rest of it, and don't sleep or eat perfectly, like no, you're not going to be able to do everything all of the time. You can do anything anytime, but not everything every time. Just prioritize your training to peak for certain events when you need to, but the rest of the time, just have a consistent base of both, of doing some strength work, but then also staying consistent with your cardio and if it's running or whatever it is. What you just said there reinforces the fact why it's so important to train with a purpose because if you're a hybrid athlete that wants to do strength training, do some power training, do some endurance stuff, even maybe a triathlete, you're doing some swimming and some cycling, if you want to do all of those things, you may only get one or two chances in the week to get in a good quality strength session. So that better be quality. It better be yeah. exactly that, right? Yeah. Because I was thinking back to like when I, when I did the triathlon training for the Ironman, I didn't prioritize my strength training. It was mostly the running and the cycling with a little bit of swimming and then, oh, if there's time, I'll squeeze in the strength session, which if I was to do that over again, I would actually flip that exactly. It would be the primary goal is like strength training and then the other sort of supplement that. But what are your sort of thoughts with like, there's so much that can be done during the week. Where do we start with programming that or writing it down on paper, like planning out those sessions? Do you have any sort of tips on, it's a big question. Yeah, I know yeah. I've thrown a lot at you there, but. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you generally will get better results when it's personalized advice with all of yeah. this to fit in with a person's lifestyle, preferences, training history, all the rest of it. And I've seen people crush ultra marathons and do really well on very, very, very different training volumes, both in terms of the strength work and the running side of things. I've seen friends of mine do really well off lower training volumes in terms of the running so that they could spend more time in the gym because maybe they're just slightly more fragile humans that have certain injuries. They just can't tolerate as much impact, but they can get really good um, conditioning in certain muscles and they just move a lot in their daily life. And maybe they've got non-impact cardio options they can do like a bike instead of just the running to get better overall at this whole running thing. But then on the flip side, I've got mates of mine that run 200 Ks a week. That's off chops. And because they're running so much, and some of them run really fast with a lot of elevation as well on some pretty technical trails. And they've got such a long training history, including years and years and years of triathlons and strength training and a whole bunch of other stuff. They barely need to step foot in the gym or do barely any strength work. So I think it is individual. But for most people, I would say a great place to start is probably one to two strength sessions a week and probably two to three of the cardio sessions that we're trying to get better at. So it's got to be sport specific, right? If you want to get better at running, at some point you've got to run. But that way, even if you're doing three runs a week and you're doing two strength sessions, you're still going to have some opportunity to spread those sessions out throughout the week. And don't do like two sessions back to back of the strength and then do three sessions back to back of the running. If you can sort of spread them out, you'll get a bit more opportunity for recovery and adaptations in between, then that way you're more likely to actually get better at stuff without completely burying yourself and getting broken. Yeah, mate, as a strength strength and conditioning coach, I could not agree more with that basic foundation that you've just laid out there. My last sort of question around that is, and you sort of touched on it there with, you know, don't do your two gym sessions and your three aerobic. How can we get 
quality lower body strength training in when our legs just feel cooked from running. And as you probably picked up in the tone of my voice, that's the biggest thing I've struggled with is yeah. getting these these miles in the legs and then trying to stand on a platform and try and deadlift anything decent or squat anything decent. Yeah. Do you have any tips around still getting some good quality strength training in? Yeah. So for me, I tend to include both the running and some decent lifting at all points throughout the year. Cause I think if you just stop doing something, you lose the skill and there is definitely a skill aspect to not only the running, but also lifting heavy. And if you want to lift heavy, you have to practice that skill. So do some singles, some doubles, some triples, put some actual weight on that bar because not dropping it on your face or folding in half when you've got the heavy, you know, the deadlift bar or whatever else, like that is something that needs to be practiced in itself to be able to coordinate your muscles to all work together to lift in a certain specific movement pattern with a lot of weight, right? But it's pretty difficult to do if you're super fatigued. So do both, but if you're really trying to shoot for progressions at both, prioritize your training, spread the sessions out as far away as possible. Maybe like a Wednesday and a Saturday or something like that, that maybe one of those days is like deadlift day where you don't do a hard run beforehand. You don't nail your hamstrings beforehand. You go in, you do your warm ups, and then you try and send your deadlifts. And then after your hamstrings and glutes and lower back and everything has grown back on the Saturday, then you can do your long run. And you can do some other sessions throughout your week in between that. Maybe even some lower intensity cardio options may help your recovery or some easier different leg training may help your recovery. Not So you don't feel quite as maybe as stiff or as sore or something like that. But do those individual sessions with intention and separate them as much as you realistically can. All right. So to sort of finish, let's dive a little bit more into the nitty gritty of this strength training. <laughs> yep. So you mentioned at the start that you don't just want to smash yourself with volume when you're in the gym because you've got that running stimulus. Yep. What might actually be some rep ranges that we might hit in the gym? Yeah. So if you're trying to get better at concurrent goals and be a hybrid athlete, develop some strength, maybe build some muscle and hypertrophy sort of training and also improve your endurance, you really want to kind of hit all the rep ranges, there's value in all of the rep ranges. So on a pretty regular basis, I'll personally hit heavy singles, doubles and triples in different big movements such as um, chin-ups or deadlifts or dips or bench press. And I mean, not so much squat personally for me, but then as I go on through my session, if there's certain muscle groups that I want to grow more or can, uh, then I will generally do more within the kind of six to 15 rep range. And then if there's certain muscle groups that I'm not really interested in getting stronger or getting bigger, but need more conditioning, um, then I will do higher rep ranges of sometimes even towards, you know, sets of 30 all the way up to a hundred if I'm doing walking lunges and things. So it really just depends on the person, how they respond to training in these different rep ranges for different muscle groups. And if you're navigating certain injuries, then maybe you're not going to be able to handle as heavy load and you need to create that stimulus for growth and progression by doing more reps with a lighter weight, but they're not perfectly equivalent and there's pros and cons in each of them. So lift heavy. So you've got some bone density and some strength, but then also like don't shy away from doing some more reps because you'll probably build more muscle in that middle range. And then you'll also get more endurance and, you know, uh, kind of harden up <laughs> yeah. upstairs as well. Like yeah. it's really quite uncomfortable to yeah. do a lot of reps. Yeah. And I think you're right. At, 
at the end of the day, it needs to be individualized to the person. You yeah. need to listen to your own body and see how it responds as well to training. Yeah. Because, you know, I'll, I'll put my hand up. I'm a sucker for, I love a good upper body hypertrophy day because if yep. I don't do hypertrophy work, yes. I just waste away. With the amount of running and cycling and swimming, I yep. need that stimulus yep. to retain any muscle mass. Yeah. I'm not gifted with these genes that gives me a lot of muscles, so... I do quite a lot of that, but when it comes to legs and lower body, I respect the importance of that good quality strength training. So, Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you've got specific goals that you're working towards at different points throughout your year, you can get even more um, specific with your training as well. So do all of the things all of the time, but let's say you want to peak for a specific running event, then continue doing your squats and deadlifts and different you know leg training that you want to do. But it's probably worthwhile leaving a few reps in the tank, okay? So whether you're working in the, the three-rep range or, you know, hitting sets of 10 or 15 or anything in between, right? Either way, leave a little bit in the tank so that you can push harder on the runs because that's really the higher priority thing there. And then if you're going through another sort of phase later in the year, maybe it's time to chase some powerlifting goals and you want to pick up a heavy deadlift or something, then you're probably going to find that a lot easier to reach if you send it <laughs> in more of your deadlift sessions and back off the running intensity a little bit so you're not constantly deadlifting on tired legs. Do both so you're not losing the skill at all points in time, but just turn the dials back and forth a little bit between and adjust as needed. That's the fun part of training, right? Yeah. That's having the flexibility to yeah. to go through the flows of you may be running a shitload one week and then lifting a lot the next yep. week. And it's it's having that goal in mind of like, okay, this is what I want the training to sort of look like, but be flexible with that yeah. and have fun. That's Actually, that just reminded me. Another thing that I've done in the past, which I found extremely effective when I was trying to and successfully did build up to pulling a triple body weight deadlift both conventional and sumo whilst building for an ultra marathon, which was a 50 K at the UTA, which I did. So whilst I was building to all of that earlier this year, something that I tended to do was I would alternate my weeks where I would do all of the things all of the time, like deadlift once a week or twice a week or whatever it was at the time, do my deadlifting sessions, but not go super hard one week. And I would push the running a little bit harder and I would go doing a little bit longer on the runs or just spend more total time on my feet. But then the next week I would back off the deadlifts. Um, oh, sorry. I would back off the running a little bit and push harder on the deadlifts. So I would basically just alternate the weeks. Yeah, I was doing everything all of the time, but I was alternating it between being a, a more deadlift focused week or a running focused week. So that way at each point, in time, I was still progressing with something, but of course the progress was slower because you're alternating the weeks, yeah. but you can still do both. It just takes longer because, you know, you're not Superman. <laughs> I've actually never tried that myself. No, yeah. I want to give that a crack. It works well. <laughs> mate, that is amazing. That's an awesome insight. Thank you so much for that, mate. Cheers. I know the listeners have got a lot from that. And if you're not already out there doing some hybrid training, yeah. give it a crack. Your body feels amazing. It's a good way to live. You look good. You feel good. Move good. Move good. <laughs> Love that little slogan, mate. 
Um, if anyone does have any more questions, you can hit us up at Flow Nutrition with an underscore or hit up Adventure Ready Coaching on Instagram or Dr. Nick Raymond. I'm sure he'll yep. reply, send him a message. Uh, mate, thank you very much for Cheers. your insights here. Listeners, thank you for tuning in and we will catch you again next week to answer more of your questions. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Flow Performance Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the chat and found loads of value that you can use to fuel more flow state in your life. If you did enjoy the content and want to support the podcast, don't forget to give it a five-star rating, leave a review, or even better, share it to a mate, post it up on your Instagram story, and tag Flow Performance Podcast. We really do appreciate any support in getting this content out into the world. So thanks again for tuning in and we will catch you again next week.